Hello everyone, this is Giri and welcome to another episode of the Testing Paradise podcast. Today we have a special guest from Jamaica and she is also one of my favorite instructors. Please join me in welcoming Julia Pottinger for today's episode. <laughs> Julia is a lead QA consultant at QualityWorks with expertise in manual, automated and API testing. She is also a trainer and has helped companies to enhance the quality of their software through improved test coverage, faster time to market, increased process efficiency and optimized use of resources. Julia is passionate about sharing her knowledge and experience and contributes to the testing community through writing articles and delivering testing content on Test Automation University as well as her YouTube channel and blog. She also conducts testing boot camps for persons interested in entering the field of QA. Hello Julia, welcome to Testing Paradise podcast. Hi Giri, thanks so much for having me. Wonderful. Could you please tell us what is WebDriver.io and how it is different from other tools in the market? Sure. So WebDriver.io is a custom implementation of Selenium's WebDriver API. It's written in JavaScript and it runs on Node and it's very powerful for both mobile and web automation. When compared to other frameworks on the market, it's very good as it allows you to test on multiple browsers. You can test on Chrome, Firefox, Safari and Edge. Cypress, which is one of its competitors, allows you to only test on Chromium-based browsers. So this is where WebDriver.io has an edge. WebDriver.io also integrates with a lot of different frameworks such as BrowserStack and SauceLabs that you can use for cross-browser and multiple device testing. You can also use it along with Appium to do mobile automation. Great. So how easy is it for beginners to start learning WebDriver.io? I would say it's very easy to start. This is, as you said, there are a lot of tools and explanations out there so there are resources out there that you can use to learn the methods that it has as well are very on point so if you want to get text the method is called get text if you want to click on a link or a button the method is called click so it's very user intuitive in terms of how they are naming their methods and the different actions that you'll be using it's also very well documented. If you go to webdriver.io, which is their website, it will show you all the different APIs, docs, and everything that you need to get started. Another important thing that it has is its test runner client, which is its CLI. So it's command line interface. It's a nice utility. It helps to create your config file in less than a minute. So it allows you to select all the things that you want to install um, and it creates a nice config file for you along with any service and reporter that you want. I also, as you mentioned, have a Test Automation University course on WebDriver.io. So if you're looking to get started, you can use that resource to get started. So there are many organizations who are trying to adapt the shift-left approach, which means that the developers and the testers collaborate each other uh, to to write the test cases, right? Mm -hmm. So can developers adapt, uh, you know, WebDriver.io and uh, how efficient is it for them? I think developers can definitely adopt because WebDriver.io allows you to pick and choose the different tools that you want to use to do your assertions. So 
if you're a developer and you're familiar with Mocha and Chai, these are frameworks that WebDriver.io allows you to use. So as a developer coming from writing unit tests, you may be familiar with some of those tools so you can apply that knowledge to WebDriver.io. Another important thing is WebDriver.io allows you to use CSX selectors. So as a developer, you would have been creating different CSS selectors. You would understand how CSS selectors work and WebDriver.io allows you to use those in finding and interacting with your elements. So that makes it easier for you to start creating automated tests. At QualityWorks, which is the company that I work, most of our consultants start out as developers and then either they're coming from a, a job that they were a developer or they're fresh out of university and they have learned some object-oriented programming language of sorts. I find that it's easier for them to transition into writing automation as they already have an understanding of, object, of the object-oriented language and they have an idea of how to code. However, what we have to keep in mind though is that it's not just about coding. You have to follow testing practices because when writing test automation, there should also be, be an aim to test. Talking about the selectors uh, from WebDriver.io, I also heard that the locator strategy is slightly different from other uh, tools. Could you please elaborate about that to us? Sure, Gary. So if you are coming from Java, when you're finding elements, you'd have to say find element or find elements method in order to find the selector. Mm -hmm. With WebDriver.io, they have a unique way of finding it where they use a dollar sign to represent a single set element and two dollar signs to represent finding multiple elements. And once it is that you pass in, it can be CSS, expat, an ID, a link text. They are going to identify what Selenium locator strategy you're using. So you don't need to specify whether it's find element by ID or find element by CSS selector. WebDriver.io automatically understands the type, of, the type of locator strategy that you want to use once it is that you pass in your selector. Mm -hmm. It also supports React components. So if you, you say React dollar sign, you can find a single React component by their given name. And that allows you to get its prop and state. You can also find multiple React components by saying React double dollar sign. That's great, actually. Uh, also, from the WebDriver.io perspective, I understand that it is a JavaScript-based uh, framework. Uh, so if it is JavaScript-based, I believe that it should be having sync and async calls. So mm -hmm. could you please tell us about the sync and async calls and which one do you think it's the best for testers to begin with? Um, for me personally, I love and I use the sync method because when I think of testing, it's in a step-by-step -step process. For example, I'm going to navigate to a URL. I'm going to enter some text in an email field and password field. I click a button and then I am expecting some sort of action. For me, that is in like a step-by-step -step process. With WebDriver.io, it gives with WebDriver.io, it gives you the option to use sync or async. So for sync, you don't have to worry about waiting on something to be completed because WebDriver.io is going to handle that for you. 
So I would suggest that if you're just starting to learn that you use that method because it takes away other things and you can just focus on writing your test. You don't have to worry about if you're going to get timeouts or if an action is going to be completed before you start your next action. With the async method, you have to wait for every browser or element call because they're going to return a promise. So this is going to also make your test more worthy because you're going to have to define the function as an async function. You're going to have to say await before you do your click, await before you do something else. And that to me makes it more worthy and doesn't allow you to really focus on your test if you're just starting out. And from the modern web applications perspective, I'm just hearing a, a phrase shadow DOM. So could you please tell us what is the shadow DOM and how WebDriver.io handles it? Sure. So you can just think of the shadow DOM as a DOM within a DOM. It's mm -hmm. basically its own isolated DOM tree. It has its own elements and styles and it's completely isolated from the original DOM. So to interact with it, you have to do something different. I said before that you can use the dollar sign for selectors. With WebDriver.io, you can't just use your regular way of accessing those selectors. They have a keyword called shadow dollar sign or shadow double dollar sign to get a single shadow element or multiple shadow elements. So you would first identify the regular DOM element that contains a shadow DOM. You find that selector and then you use the keyword shadow and then you pass in that shadow DOM selector. And this will allow you to navigate into the shadow DOM and interact with the different shadow DOM elements. There are lots of organizations as of today are start, have started adapting the BDD way of work culture actually. Mm -hmm. So uh, so when it comes to BDD, I also believe that there should be acceptance tests that has to be automated as well. So sure. how WebDriver IO has, or rather I would say that how WebDriver IO supports the BDD? So WebDriver IO supports BDD in multiple ways. So firstly, it comes by default with Mocha's BDD style. It comes built in. So with Mocha, you have the keyword describe and you also have the keyword it. So you can dis use describe to group your test in a suite. And then you can use the keyword it to say this is a specific test. And so WebDriver.io comes built in with that. And you can start using that as you install WebDriver.io. WebDriver.io also supports Cucumbo, which uses a Gherkin format of writing BDD tests. So when installing WebDriver.io, as I said before, the CLI makes it very easy for you to install and start. It's going to ask you the question of whether or not you want to use the Cucumber framework. And if you select that, then it will install for you all the dependencies that you need to write your Cucumber Gherkin style BDD. There's also a course on test automation you by Gavin, I think, where he talks about how you can use WebDriver.io and Cucumbo. So if you're interested in learning, you can definitely go there and you learn all about features and scenarios and step definitions that Cucumbo with his Gherkin BDD style uses. And from the WebDriver.io perspective, I think the latest version is 6. 
Yes. And uh, the thing is, I have worked in an organization where the WebDriver IO scripts are written in uh, version 4. And I also believe that version 5 is a major upgrade that has to be happened. So what mm -hmm. is your suggestion or what is your approach uh, that you can suggest to migrate from WebDriver IO v4 to v5? Okay. So moving from v4 to v5 is going to be a challenge. But if you are already at v5, moving to the latest version of v6 should not really be that big of a deal because I tested it out with my course where I upgraded to version 6 and all the methods and everything still ran as it did from migrating from version 5 to 6. If it is you're moving from version 4 to 5 or to 6, then you're going to need to spend some time to do it properly because there were a lot of changes that were made between version 4 and above. I would suggest that you start out by having two different repositories, one where you have your version 4 and one where you have your version 5. I would recommend this because some of the the package structure has changed from version 4 to 5. So for example, in version 4, if you were using the Mocha framework, you would have um, a dependency called wdio-mocha-framework. In the versions above that, they have changed that. So the structure is now at wdio forward slash mocha-framework. So all of your dependencies and all of your package JSON and other things would have changed. So you want to start fresh so that you don't have to individually go in and change out all of your dependencies and the way that they look. The next thing is that the functions are named differently. So a lot of functions, their names were changed. And I'll give you some examples of those. Uh -huh. But the WebDriver IO changed them because they got rid of selectors as command parameters. So before, you would have to pass in your selectors into the command. So if you were doing click, you would pass in, you'd say browser.click, and then you pass in your selector. In the new version, you can just say your selector.click. So that has changed. And because of this, you need to now go through and understand what the changes are and then make your changes slowly. So I would suggest that you start with a very easy test or a very easy page object that you understand and that wouldn't take a lot to change so that you understand what the changes are and you can go through slowly. Some of the functions that were changed were like wait for visible. Wait for visible was replaced with wait for displayed. Wait for text no longer is there. So if you have a command in your version 4 and you're using wait for text, that would no longer work in version 5 and 6. They replaced add value with the set value command. Move to object was replaced with move to. And clear element was replaced, was replaced with clear value. So these are just some examples of things that change in version 5 moving from version 4. So you first have to understand what these changes are and take it slow. Identify where these changes are in your project and start from a simple test case or page object and then move forward. Does WebDriver.io uh, supports parallel execution? So WebDriver.io does support parallel execution and you can set that in your 
WDIO config file in the max instances. So it sets the max instances for browsers that you want to run. Fantastic. And thank you very much, Julia, for joining us today and helping us to know about WebDriver.io. Thank you so much for having me, Giri. It was a pleasure. Great. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this podcast today. As usual, please do support us so that we can bring in more talks from successful testers to you. This is Giri signing off. Until the next one, stay safe and happy testing.